One man's bill surged to over eight thousand dollars in just two days. So while citizens of Texas are facing a crisis of massive proportions, brought on largely by the failures of natural gas companies to weatherize their equipment, one natural gas company owned by Dallas billionaire. And Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones is cashing in on the crisis. Now, not to mention, I've never necessarily liked the Dallas Cowboys, mainly because I've always been, for some reason, a Patriots fan. I don't know why. I think back when I was like a little kid playing like the PlayStation One and I think the PlayStation Two. I always played the Patriots. I don't know why. I think it was because their typical. Like average team score or something like that was like mid to low nineties. I think if people remember playing like any、uh, NFL game, you'd know what I mean. It's like it was a pretty solid rating of a team. So whenever I basically knew pretty much whenever I was going to just play with a friend when I was a kid, I would end up always playing the Patriots. So demand for what little natural gas the state can access has soared amid the crisis as millions have gone without power this week, and consequently, wholesale gas prices have gone up nearly 300-fold. This week, some residents in Texas reported getting hit with massive electricity bills. One man's bill shot up to over $8,000 in the course of two days, which is insane. Okay. While they navigate power outages, food shortages, and boil water advisories, like also just imagine this, right? Imagine that you just randomly got slapped in the face with a bill for eight thousand dollars. That's crazy, and for it to happen in such a short amount of time, that's pretty scary, right? I mean, this kind of this kind of situation. Is a very freaky situation, but again, this isn't something that you can necessarily prepare for, especially in a place like Texas. That being said, it wouldn't be a bad idea in the future to basically have a wood-fired stove or oven. Basically, it's like a pretty much thing that you could just have it inside your living room and then basically just toss it in, like toss some like wood in there. And you could pretty much heat up a whole house, and I think you could get some of those for like under two hundred bucks. So that could just be like an emergency situation that someone out there could just go and do, right? Like that's not really a bad idea to go check that stuff out. But not everyone is struggling. So the chief financial officer, CFO of the natural gas company owned by Jones, Comstock. Resources Incorporated had this to say on a call with investors about the crisis. In quotations, obviously this week is like hitting the jackpot with some of these incredible prices. Frankly, we were able to sell at super premium prices for a material amount of production. Now, this type of wording it's it's disrespectful, but it's also to the point. Right, I don't necessarily like. Here's the thing. He obviously took advantage of the situation. His company took advantage of the situation to milk as much money as they possibly can. 
right? And in a lot of cases, businesses are typically going to lean that way. That being said, I don't like a company in a crisis situation taking advantage of customers, right? That is something that I do not like. It's basically like a food truck company charging like fifty bucks for a baked potato because everyone is starving after a hurricane, right? Like that's the kind of like feeling I get while reading this, and it just gives you like that like weird like you know roaches crawling on your skin kind of feeling, right? Like you're like, Ugh. right? Like it just it's just like. Nasty feeling when you read something like this, right? So while many Texans are concerned about finding warm shelter and water, Comstock is evidently having a field day with their profits from this crisis. The company could be selling their product at anywhere from six to seventy-four times what they were selling for on average last quarter. According to figures reported by NPR, the CFO said on the call. Meanwhile, investors were evidently pleased with the news, as the company's stock shot up about 12% in the days surrounding February 17th, the day of the call. Jones, who had 1.1 billion dollars invested in the company back in 2019, will likely profit handsomely off of this energy crisis that experts now say. Was largely caused by failures of the natural gas industry in the state at large. Now, people tend to argue about this, whether or not this is like the green energy issue or the natural gas issue. I don't really have a viewpoint on that specifically because when it comes down to it, this is kind of a situation that is so freaky that how can you really prepare for something like this? Like, would you necessarily? Let's just say that you know you have. Five million dollars in the bank, right? And typically, you invest all that five million dollars every single year, right? Like you end up getting five million dollars every year, and you invest five million dollars every year, right? Would you necessarily allocate any of that money for like a one percent or like a point zero one percent of a chance happening? No, you pretty much wouldn't. Right, like you wouldn't prepare for like an emergency for something like that. So, just keep that in mind. This is like a super freaky situation, but this company was doing some pretty dirty things. Now, this wouldn't be the first time that executives at energy companies have cashed out on environmental crises. As blackouts hit California in the past years to prevent wildfires that happened anyway. Bankrupt California Electric Utility Pacific Gas and Electric paid out millions in bonuses to its executives. Some of those bonuses were for meeting safety goals, even though PG&E had caused huge and devastating fires in the state. In the fall of the destructive fire seasons, the state's utility commission allowed raises in consumers' energy bills. Similarly, Texans may end up paying out out of pocket for the high prices that Comstock is celebrating. Though the prices have skyrocketed over the past few days, higher electrical bills may not go away with the energy crisis. Texas's Public Utility Commission, which oversees electrical prices, has stated that energy prices should reflect scarcity of the supply, or scarcity. 
Energy experts said that these high prices will eventually be paid for by consumers. And as the crisis continued on Wednesday, Cory Bush said that things like Comstock's massive profits this week shouldn't be allowed, and that utilities like water and power should be guaranteed to all. Corporations shouldn't be allowed to profit off our suffering. She tweeted, "Utilities need to be public goods." The thing is, right? I mean, people have different opinions on this. Feel free to give your thoughts, right? But I don't know if I don't know if utilities should necessarily be considered a public good, because when it comes down to it, every single person uses different amounts of electricity or water. That being said. There should just be a place in, like, a company's heart, right, or the owners of a company, to be like, "Hey, during this time of crisis, we are going to foot the bill, or at the very least, we're going to foot the bill and accept donations from across the world to help supply everyone with water and electricity." Right, because here's the thing: some people spend pretty much nothing for utilities, right? And other people will spend a crazy amount on utilities. This is the same thing with you know investing your money or not, or you know going into debt or not, right? It's pretty much a choice as to whether or not where you live and what you do with your money. But again, that being said, for like emergency situations, there should be something within a company to be like, "Hey, let's just help these people out, right? Let's just help these people out. Let's not try to have like massive high premiums for this price, right? Like, or at the very least, put something in place where you can like hold off the payment." For at least a few months, so that people can actually pay their bill, right? Like there should be something in place to allow that sort of a、uh, gap. Because, for example, why do people pay for gap insurance for their car insurance? You do that for emergencies, right? You do that because you want that emergency situation of basically. The payoff of basically a completely totaled car, that like small amount difference could actually be covered. Like basically, let's just say like your car gets totaled, right? Completely totaled, right? You still have a loan on your car, and that's about ten thousand dollars, right? But the payout only covers eight thousand dollars because that's the cash value of the car. Well. By having gap insurance, you cover that difference, right? So basically, there should be things in place where maybe people can optionally set this up to where they have a gap insurance for utilities or something similar to that, right? Just so that when emergency situations happen, then the consumer. Doesn't have to basically be bent over the table and basically get screwed over by the company, or by the situation, right? So that's my way of thinking of how to really 
deal with this issue. It's more like something, putting something in place where it's basically like a gap insurance. You can become a member or support down below in the description of this episode. Feel free to watch more news-related content that deals primarily with finance, business, and money-related content. You can check out 40inbox.com to master your money, personal finance lessons, personal finance courses, and feel free to contact us with your personal finance question or story and give your thoughts as to this situation. Are you similar to me where you'd feel kind of like uh, creeped out by this situation? Where you feel like that weird, you know, roachy, walk on your skin and crawl through your hair kind of feeling? Or like, you know, that also that feeling when like, you're just walking and out of nowhere, a strand of web just touches your skin ever so lightly. Yeah, because that's the kind of feeling I got from this situation. That's the kind of feeling that I got from like reading the story. It's like, hey, come on now. Did you really have to do that? Like, did you really have to sell your products for such a high premium because that just feels super icky to me. Bitcoin ETF roars in debut with a $165 million of trading volume. So North America's first Bitcoin ETF got off to a stellar start in its debut with investors exchanging $165 million worth of shares. After a relentless surge in the world's largest digital currency, the first Bitcoin product that's officially labeled an exchange-traded fund debuted Thursday in Toronto. It's worth noting, though, that Europe has several crypto-tracking products that function like an ETF. The new fund, called Purpose Bitcoin ETF, ticker BTCC, invests directly in physical Digital Bitcoin, issuer Purpose Investments Incorporated said in a statement. The cryptocurrency has captivated investors from billionaire Elon Musk to hedge fund moguls including Alan Howard and Paul Tudor Jones. It may well be the stimulus asset, double-line capital LP chief Jeffrey Gunlach tweeted, in a reference to Bitcoin's rally amid a wave of cash pumped into the financial system during the pandemic. While the digital asset has already surged fivefold in the past year, spurring concern about a speculative froth in global markets, is grabbing more mainstream attention, especially after Tesla Incorporated's recent $1.5 billion purchase. Now it's unclear how much of the activity in BTCC will result in inflows for the fund. But the trading volumes were well above an ETF's typical first day in Canada, according to Bloomberg Intelligence analyst James Seyfart. What a name. Seyfart. That's literally how you say the name. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. So although too early to tell, ETF proponents argue that such a fund will trade without the massive premiums plaguing many current Bitcoin trusts in the U.S., there's a sizable untapped interest for a Bitcoin investment that has the benefits of an ETF, said Todd Rosenbluth, CFRA Research Director of ETF Research, 
adding it's unlikely the fund will trade at a significant premium to net asset value. While most ETFs come to market globally with an educational hurdle to overcome, many investors are familiar with what is inside BTCC, he noted. The U.S. currently has several active filings for a Bitcoin ETF, including the ones from Vanek Associates Corp. and Bitwise Asset Management, but the price swings notorious in cryptocurrencies and allegations of industry manipulation remain hurdles to regulatory approval. Still, with the world's largest digital trading near all-time highs and a change of leadership at the Securities and Exchange Commission, analysts say the prospect of a first American Bitcoin ETF appears to be rising. Feel free to become a member. Support this news commentary in the description of this episode. Feel free to watch more news-related content that's focused on business, finance, and money-related content. You can check out 40 to master your money, personal finance lessons, personal finance courses. You can contact us with your personal finance question or story, and maybe we'll turn it into an episode.